This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's not human, he's like a machine. Making more podcasts than you've ever seen. Now he's finally back for more interviews. I hope you missed him because he sure missed you. It's the Tarrant Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Terran Show. I am back again with a great, great interview for all of you today. I spoke with Tiffany from Big Brother 23 and she was amazing to talk to. As always, I had gone to L.A. to interview her in person for her Big Brother game. But this one we did over the phone and it was it was just as fun, just as fun to talk to her. She is always such a delight. And she was able to tell her story, which was genuinely uh, emotional for me. So this is a very good one. I hope you enjoy hearing. Tiffany, how have you been? I am not normal yet. Yeah. Answer. (laughs) (laughs) I am still like, I'm back in Michigan. I am on Eastern Standard Time, according to my clocks, Mm. according to my mind and my body. I am still on Pacific Standard Time. Mm -hmm. I am going to bed at 4 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. I am waking up at noon. And, um, I know that's like, people are like, well, don't you have to work? Well, my family is still running my business mm-hmm. and I love them for that. So it gives me a little time to reacclimate myself. I just think that I'm not reacclimating myself. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, what been um, two, two or so months. Jeez, I don't even know. It has. It's um, it's uh, I was I got out of the house. September 29th. Mm-hmm. I made it back to Michigan October 17th. Um, I've traveled every two weeks since I've been back. Mm-hmm. Went to Tampa for Halloween. And now I've got one more day and I am on my way to Orlando for Hearts of Reality. <laughs> when does it end? Never. <laughs> Not until I move out of here, I am traveling as often as I can. I just told my mom, I told Mama Pat, I said, hey, listen, I know you teach so you can have something to do, but I've got something for you to do. 
why don't you retire officially? This will be her third time retiring because she does not have to work. She just wants to work. I said, and let's travel. I am ready. Let's travel. I said, how long can you travel for? Can we be gone for like a month at a time? Like this summer, I am out. I just I looked at renting Airbnbs in California for a month at a time. Yeah. As soon as my son gets out of school, like I'm out. Mm hmm. So, I mean, like, what is, uh, what is it like to, I mean, it's, I mean, you are home, but like, you're basically living in a state of like temporal, uh, flux, right? It is. It's like, um, so there's so much that I am supposed to be doing that I need to do that I want to do. Um, the big thing that most of my people um, that have come off the show are trying to get into, which is like supposed to be the easiest thing, but it seems like it's a little challenging for me. is like content branding, mm-hmm. uh, cre- creator, content creator. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, but then when I get ready to do it, I'm like, um, it's it's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah. Have you what have you tried to do? Everything from advertising for these nails. Don't look at this one. These nails um, to my fancy skin to some wine, everything. And I'm like, oh, but the issue for me is Virgo is in my work ethic. And so it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a perfectionist about it. Uh, but th- and then I look at other content creators content and I'm like, wow, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, like they make these all these all of these video edits. They throw something up. And next thing you know, they got on a whole different outfit and they're <laughs> like, look at me. You should do this. And I'm like, I should do that. How did you do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, I'm sure it's also difficult since since you are like traveling so often, you haven't really had a chance to like, uh, like sit down and really uh, like, you know, get your stuff together and, you know, figure out a plan and whatever you want to do. Right. Facts. Very true. So it's nuts. Like it took me a long time to unpack my bag, but every time I unpack, there's time I have to pack again. Mm -hmm. So last night I went to bed at 9 PM my time. I'm like, I'm going to bed early. I am going to be up and ready for the morning. I am getting myself back on schedule. Went to bed at nine. I was asleep. I had my phone on do not disturb. Well, 1230, right after midnight, I woke up. I don't know why. I have ear things in my ears. I've got my eye covers on. I woke up at 1230. I was wide awake. I cleaned my entire house. I cleaned every bathroom. I vacuumed. I swept. I have clothes in the washer right now. Uh, stripped my bed. Put up my Put up my Christmas tree. Looks great. I like this is my second Christmas tree. My other one's downstairs. I was. I, and so then I finally went to bed at about four or five a.m. Mm-hmm. And so my time is still messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was trying to sit down and figure everything out. But that was like my time to clean. I had been saying like, I want to do a deep clean in my house. I've got to do a deep clean. I got to clean. And so that was the time I chose to do a deep clean. There you go. Uh, what, what is this? What What does this do to like? Um your uh your perception of like your own identity like you've you've gone on to big brother now uh and and it's like like who who are you right now how do you define yourself i have never been more authentically me in my life 
you know, um, prior to going into the house, um, I was just realizing that I am comfortable being me and that um, I consider the, the thoughts and ideas of my friends or my peers and my family and everything, but I am very comfortable being myself. And the fact that I went on Big Brother and it is a reality show and I was able to be more of myself and just, you know, that was when I realized because you are going based on nothing but your your intellect, your instincts, your um, the education you you've received in the world, not not school education, but life education, your experiences. And so um, coming out, I was like, I just need to be comfortable in owning that this is this is me. Mm-hmm. So um now I'm I'm trying to figure out people like oh do you want to go into acting? And I think that that is something I could do and if I could still put my my own self into that. But I am just so comfortable um expressing myself, being myself. And I do find that a lot of people don't are not as comfortable with that as they thought that they were mm-hmm. with, with me, you know, they'll, I get a lot of comments. Why are you doing this? Why are you saying that? I feel like you're acting different since you've left the house. And I'm like, well, were you a casual watcher or a live feed watcher? Because I've always been me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, now like I do have my business and my son is in high school. Um, I definitely love entertainment. I just really do. Um, I am a very vocal person. I'm very comfortable being social. I am very comfortable meeting people and I'm comfortable opening up and sharing my story. So I don't know that I specifically know where I am going to end up, but I do know where I want to go. Do you feel like uh, like prior to this experience that it it was more difficult to to be yourself in this way? I will a little bit. I'll say yes, because um, I, I do have a healthcare business and um, I hide behind that. Like, I don't I'm not the face of anything. You know, people ask me, like, why isn't your face on your website? Why don't you have your name? Why don't you put your pictures? Um, no, thank you. <laughs> um, and always I am a professional. And so when I go out into the community or I'm working, I'm always like, you know, um, the best of, of myself. Like my guard is never down. I'm never that comfortable. I'm not like I'm not Tiffany. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not Monique. I'm definitely not Monique. OK, <laughs> probably more Tiffany, like, you know, just straight business. And I I can't be free to be as myself in, in that area. So it's just all business mode. And I like it um, when I can turn it on sometimes and I can turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of that, I'm like, I love having the business and I, I really, and it, it is a must that it must continue because it is just really a necessity, especially here and probably everywhere. It's a mobile health business, mobile health care, mobile laboratory. But I, I no longer want to be the person out there drawing patients, getting the blood, processing the samples, even, even training people. Um, I feel like I've done that for 20 years, even though I'm only 22. 
I've been doing this since I was a since two you years. were two. Yes, since I was two an, years an old. Enterprising long, baby. It's a long time. You come right into the world, just drawing blood and poking <laughs> the needles. So you know, I you think know, I'd be a little more comforted by uh, you know if there was a baby there drawing my blood. I feel like uh, I'd, I'd feel I'd feel comfortable. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, obviously, I've got a lot of experience and people trusted me. I've been doing this since I was two. Yeah. But for 20 years, I've been doing this and it has it has been an it has been an income for me. The thing I love about it the most is meeting people, making people feel good, comforting them, um, giving them someone they can trust to take care of them, to do the job properly, to um just build a relationship and the patients just really do love me and I really love them. And it's so crazy because it it's the same feeling I get from coming out of the big brother experience and actually having fans, which still sounds very foreign to me. It, it's like, is there another term for that? Yeah. But it's like coming out of the house and then having all these people who want to meet me and that I want to meet too. And they want to share their story and I want to share mine and I want to hear theirs. I think that is just my nature. That's just who I am. So um, I, I will miss that, but I also have it on this side and I want, and, and I, and I can do it a little freely and a little more easily on this side because I can open up. Whereas to my patients, I can't open up so much, only so much, you know, mm. but um, it, it, it was still relationship building. I think that that's just, that that's just where I am comfortable. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 um, I, I got that sense from you. Uh, just if anybody doesn't know, I, I, uh, I, and I went to LA to interview in person. Um, and, uh, and you, I just immediately got that sense from you that like, you're just somebody that just naturally, uh, like takes care of people and makes them feel comfortable. Like, uh, I was showing up to like some, some guy's house. I didn't really know. Uh, and, um, and you were just like, Oh, hey, and you made me feel so welcome. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure that's, uh, that's, you know, contributed to your success on the show as well. Uh, you know, just like the ability that you have to just like make people feel comforted and and welcome. And you are just such an amazing person. Like you came all the way to see me and you were so laid back and cool. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, he's such a cool. And plus, let me tell you, all of the BB community was in my inbox, like, take care of Taryn. Oh. You have to see Taryn. Oh, my gosh. Wait till you meet him. But I do. I really do like I, I am. I am just a caregiver. When mm. I was 12, my uncle asked me, what did I want to be when I grew up? And I told him, like, I want to be a doctor. And I, I think that it's just always been in my nature to be a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my biological mom used to take me to church with her. We used to go to like a really um, a, a holy church where they, the, the doctrines were just so specific. You had to have your hair covered as a as a lady. You had to wear a skirt. You could never wear pants. We had to wear gloves on our hands um, after church. My mom used to keep me after church and we would stay and help the all the seniors and wash their feet. Like that's just something that was in the Bible that Jesus used to do, like showing humility. And so I've always watched her care for people. And I think it's in my nature and my nurture because I watched that. It was I, it was something that 
allowed me to be more comfortable with how I felt about caring for people. Um, and so I did not become a doctor, but I did go into healthcare and I just do like caring for people. Um, I, I just think that that is just me. It like, I used to want to have like five kids. And so now that I only have one, the pressure is so on my son. I'm like, you better have some kids. Now you can like, <laughs> You can like whatever you like. I don't care if it's guys, girls. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Bring home some children for me <laughs> so I can love on them, okay? <laughs> this feels like the start of like uh, like a horror movie where he starts uh, bringing home uh, random children to you. Where'd you get this kid? I found this kid. I, you, I know you wanted one really bad. I saw this kid. It was cute. I'm like, my mom would like this kid. The lady is looking for it, but you've got like 24 hours before someone shows up to yeah. take it away. Um, so, uh, so did, did you grow up like, uh, like wanting to be a doctor for a while? Was that the plan for a while? Like, um, you know, what, what was the plan? I think I have always wanted to be a doctor until he made me write out everything that a doctor is that is necessary to become a doctor. Mm. So he he tells us it's me and my cousin. My cousin's a guy. We're the same age. He's like, hey, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And so I'm like, I want to be a doctor. I don't know what he said. He must have said a cashier or something <laughs> because my uncle tells us to go get our encyclopedias. And so this is clearly back in the day. Mm. We've got encyclopedias. I get my encyclopedia and my there are so many pages in this encyclopedia on physicians. We have to not read what it requires. We have to write it out word by word, line by line. So here it is. My cousin's done. He's like, <laughs> da, 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 da. what do you want to be? Nothing? Because. Here I am. I'm, it's the middle of the day and I am still writing. Not only do we have to write it all out, then we have to read it to my uncle. So I'm like, I'm so mad at him. My cousin, like I said, he wanted to nothing. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. funny because he actually went on to be in the Air Force and he like travels the world and he's doing amazing. He started making his money way before me. I should have been the doctor. So, well, he got to write something simple and easy and wasn't discouraged, right? <laughs> clearly, it was discouraging. I was like, you know, forget this. Don't want to be a doctor anymore. I'm going to change my mind. I want to be a doctor, but I still continue. Like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. When I, my senior year in high school, it's the tech era. All, everything's tech, tech, tech. So teachers and counselors and everyone are, is encouraging us to go into tech. Computer science, computer science, this, computer science, that, Java, all of this language and zeros and ones and programming and you can do this. And I'm like, well, it seems like it's the way to go. Like, that's what people are saying. That's exactly why now I don't do what everybody else is doing. Mm. I go to I get accepted to Clark Atlanta University. I go off to Atlanta. I am out of here, Detroit. Bye. You guys are not seeing me for a long time. I'm on my own. I go to I go to I go to Atlanta. Me and my best friend from from high school, Trina, I love her to death. We go. I sign up for computer science. Mm -hmm. I get in class. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm trying. I end up on academic probation. Mm. It still never occurs to me that 
I should just study biology, something that is so interesting to me. I should have even studied history or something. I actually like history, mm-hmm. like anything. I go into business. It's still hard. Accounting. Did you see me in the house <laughs> having to study my multiplication tables and doing simple math? Yeah. I am in accounting like, so this side has to add up to this side. To this side. Let me see your paper. <laughs> Should have just should have just done it, but it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. Business did help me because when I got out and I came back here, I went to the hospital and I got with I got into the phlebotomy department. And once I picked up a needle, it was over from there. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is my niche." I'm glad that I don't do drugs. I'm glad I don't have any drug using friends. You may want to edit this part, Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> Me and a needle. It was like, I don't know. It was great. We went great together. And then just training and dealing with people and meeting patients and patients just love me. It was, you know, I think I just had excellent bedside manner, just making them comfortable. The children love me. And then at some point, I remember I left and I went out of town. I was gone for like 10 days. My doctor that I worked for was calling me saying, when are you coming back? Because my patients won't get their blood drawn by the girl that's here. They're waiting for you. And I'm like, seriously. So I was actually struggling with like paying a lot of things. There's never enough money. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, I wonder how can I make some more money? I was trying to like work a second job. And then I was thinking like, I wonder if somebody will pay me since they like me so much. Will they pay me to just come specifically to them? Like maybe I can go to them instead of them coming here. Mm -hmm. And that idea just took off. But I will say I almost gave up on it. I ran it past somebody. Somebody I really respect, a doctor I really respected, valued their opinion. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about this idea of like, contracting myself, like starting a business where I would go to people's homes and draw their blood um, so that they wouldn't have to come to the doctor and they could just pay me. He's like, well, now how will you get paid? Will you accept insurance? And I was like, no, I don't, you know, no, because it doesn't pay anything because I looked at that too. And he's like, well, I just don't see why anybody would pay you when they can go get it done for free. And I was like, you're right. And I almost said I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. I left my job in a year. Wow. I moved from Detroit to Birmingham, which is a huge gap in real estate and everything. Mm -hmm. And that was three years after starting my business and two years after leaving my job. And I've never looked back. Yeah. So it was a great move for me. But I think more so than it being the business, um, I think that it was me, like my personality and interacting and making people want me to come and service them opposed to just some stranger who is like, can I see your arm? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's going to hurt. All right, fine. And all right, you have to sit still or it's going to hurt. You know, it's just because even now I've got people working for me and they're still saying, when is Tiffany coming back? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, uh, as as somebody that uh, that has an issue with getting blood drawn, like I get faint when it happens. 
Like, uh, like the person that does it, it makes a big difference. Like, uh, somebody that's understanding that, uh, is like, uh, like, like nice about it. Um, also somebody that doesn't go, uh, Ooh, that's a juicy vein you've got there. (laughs) I hate that. Why do they do that? Tiffany? (laughs) We love them. I am a person who will stare at somebody's veins. (laughs) We can be out at a line in CVS, and if I see your vein, I might go, oh, you got a nice vein. <laughs> it is the creepiest. I, I have one right where they draw, and it's it sticks out. And like, uh, and now that's all I can think about when I see it, is just the, the people just want to stick a needle in it. I do. Like, <laughs> I want to, I really, more so than I want to stick a needle in it, I want to push down. <laughs> It's, they're so springy. Like I've got some beautiful ones too. Like mm. I, I just, I really do love veins. <laughs> well, <laughs> it seems, it seems as though uh, you have uh, a couple of instances already where, like, uh, there are just you know some sort of like um, uh, authority figures in your life that are not the most encouraging. Um, is this, is this a recurring thing? <sighs> Where, where, with who? Give me an example. Well, first of all, your uncle was like, uh, you want to be a doctor? Read out everything that's uh, required to be a doctor. Then uh, you have a doctor telling you this is not, this is not a good idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, Taryn. Yes. That, and so that is why I said in the beginning, I have never been more comfortable Mm. being myself as I am now in making those decisions that other people would look at and say, I don't know if you should do that. I don't think you should do that because for a long time in my life, I relied on the, the, the guidance of someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think I should do about this? Do you think that this makes sense for me and hoping that they could see my vision, Mm -hmm. but these eyes are in my head. Those thoughts are in my gut. No one can tell you what is for you. They can tell you what they think. They can see from how it would be for them if they were in your shoes. But only you know that. And I am actually glad that we weren't able to tell people that we were going on Big Brother because people could have easily tried to convince me that that wasn't the best thing for me to do. Mm. Are you sure you want to do this? You know, and actually my, my brother and his wife had to run my business for me. And when I handed it over to them, he was like, do you realize like you're about to leave? Like this may, this could easily not be here when you get back. Are you sure this is something you want to do? Probably five or 10 years ago, I may have really overthought that mm-hmm. and been like, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But now I don't live in that kind of fear. I told him what is meant to be will be. This is what I want to do. And if I walk out of that situation and I come home to no business, I got to do something else, but I'm not going to pass up on my dream. So um, yes, for a long time, I've I've looked for that guidance because my family has always just been that bossy, you know, where they're going to tell you what you need to do and they're going to be in your business about making your decisions on what you need to do. And they're going to try to, well, I don't think that that's a good and you should do this and blah, blah, blah. And for a long time, I did that. Then I had my son and I real I started listening to him, though. 
Mm-hmm. Like asking him, what would you like to do? Because I mm-hmm. do feel like children should have options. Yeah. I do feel like they should have a voice and be able to say what they like and what they don't like. I didn't come up and, and, and Mama Pat would kill me. She'd be like, yes, you did. But mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, you know, my generation, we did what our parents told us to do. They made all of the decisions. We did what they said do until we were 18 or out of their house. And then we could make some decisions on our own. Going into into the big brother house where I did not have one friend, one family member, one associate, no one who knew me that I trusted to say, what should I do here? And that when you first walk in, it is solely upon you. And I learned and realized more than any time in my life that everything I need to make a decision about me is in here. Mm-hmm. So coming out, I'm like, I'm not like, a, oh, you can't tell me anything. Of course, I consider because I like to see all sides and I'm very objective and I do love to get other people's perspectives. Um, and but that doesn't mean that I am not going to move in the direction that I am comfortable with moving in. Um, and so now I am very much comfortable in TIFF. You are a good decision maker, if not a great decision maker. But I won't say that because to be a great decision maker means like 99 percent of the time, all of my decisions are are great. But most of them are very good, you know, and some of them are not so good. I don't know if you know, I was on Instagram probation, uh, just got off. (laughs) Oh, no. How did that happen? So, well. Some of my decisions are good. And then some of them are just like, you knew better. Now, I will say this. I am always like the bad child. Even in the BB house, I've always got in trouble for stuff. Like I pushed a button that said push, but it was like the emergency exit. And I opened the door and they were like, stop that. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, why would it be me? Like, why is why? I'm the oldest person in the house? How am I getting in trouble for stuff? Like I was always in trouble for everything. So Instagram. I don't, I say, people say whatever they want on Instagram. So we're on Instagram live and it's Brent and Big D and Alyssa. I'm not on the live, but I am in the comments. And they asked Brent, who did he find the most attractive person in the house when he first walked in? So here are my little fingers. And I'm like, I will beat Brent if he doesn't (laughs) say me. I got kicked off Instagram. Really? I got, I got kicked out of the live. I was immediately signed out. I was like, then I got a warning, like your comment has been removed. You can lose your privileges. I was like, I was just choking. But that was my third violation. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was like, that seems ridiculous. But if it was the third violation, maybe, maybe a little less. I didn't even, I'm like, I didn't know these things, but you know, now I'm just like very careful. Like, just don't say anything to just be quiet. Just get on Twitch (laughs) or something. Yeah, there you go. (laughs)
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello. all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Um, you, uh, you talked about, um, about having your, your son. How did that change? Uh, like, I mean, I imagined it changed everything in your life. Everything, everything. So because I love you, I will be honest with you. I had my son when I was 27. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. So wait, hold on. Was there time travel involved? Definitely. He's from the year 2027. I am a magician here. Yeah. I I have lived several lives. Mm -hmm. So in my other life before this one, this one, 22 in a previous life when I was older, I had my son when I was 27. So here, here was, um, I, I think at that time in my life, I was the black sheep of my family Mm -hmm. because I just have always wanted to do my own thing. I've always wanted to do everything the way I wanted to do it. I've never been a, I don't know, nothing's ever orthodox with me. It's like, but why? I I challenge everything, but why does it have to be that way? So um, I was doing well. I was working. Actually, I left the hospital. I went to do mortgages. I met his dad. Um, He also was the black sheep of his family. We just... You know, we're, we just want to move at the beat of our own drum and people just, you know, other generations just don't understand that. And they and, you know, they'll say things like, well, you go on out there and one day you're going to mess up and you'll be back and you'll tell me how blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, fine, whatever. We'll, we just will. So we met. Um, we fell in love. He date like he courted me. He dated me. And. Um, Mama Pat was like, well, I haven't met him yet. So he's, I don't care who he is that you're dating. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to date him before I meet him. And then she was just like all against it, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So it's just me and you against the world out here. Fine. Let's, let's go live our lives. Um, one day, um, he used to drop me off at work. He would pick me up for lunch and I had a car. He was like, you don't have to drive your car. I'm going to take you to work. I'm picking you up for lunch. I'm picking you up after work. We just spent so much time together. And he was, he's a couple of years older than me. Uh, one day he's like, I don't have much to do. He was a broker. He was like mortgage broking, doing mortgage brokering and stuff like that. So he didn't have anything on his calendar. I said, well, go do something nice for me. And he was like, okay. So he picks me up from work. I had a meeting, left him in the car for like an hour. We go back to his house. And at this time I've got an apartment, but he's got a house, but I'm not even living in my apartment. My apartment is for my clothes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like packing a bag and I'm always at his house. And so my car has no miles on it. Cause I just got in. I'm not even driving it. 
Um, he says, um, I was talking to my grandmother. I'm telling her about him. I'm like, you know, I do really like this guy. I really, I think like, I think like I'm really like in love with him. Like, I, I don't know. Like we are, I, I think he's it. So he's like, are you off the phone? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. He comes in the room. He's like, um, I want to ask you something. And I'm like, okay. He's like, you want to be my lady? And I was like, yeah, I thought I was your lady. He was like, no. He like reaches in his pocket. He pulls out this box. He's like, my lady. I was like, <laughs> what? So yes, there's a ring in there. So I'm like, this is this is what we're doing. Okay. So fast forward. Um, we we are we are we are together. That was in um that was November. That was mid November. How long have you we, been together at that point? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you want to know? Timeline: <laughs> three months. Okay, three months. Um, but he he knew he knew what he wanted, and mm-hmm. I I am not mad about that. We New Year's Eve, we go to Vegas. We had the craziest time. He lo- it's New Year's Eve. It, the streets are packed. He, we are at this club. We're trying to get in. He lost his ID. He lost $10,000 gambling oh because after he didn't have his ID. We went gambling. I know nothing about gambling. I don't even know how much money he has. I didn't even know he had $10,000 to lose. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? It's time to go. So anyway, we made our son. We come back here. Um, I am still at 26. I honestly am still just a young girl. Mm -hmm. I'm still green in the eyes. I'm still wet behind the ears. I'm not. I I think I'm grown. I think I know stuff, but I don't. You know, um, I find out I'm pregnant. We're both very happy. This is his first child. This is my first child. So we're like, we're totally happy about it. And as and then I start to realize, like, how do how do you raise a child? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm going to be a mom. Wait, I just I I just I am that person who was we were like out to four or five o'clock in the morning. Like we were partiers. We would hang out. We, We were having like the time of our life, like really young fun. I call it young fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to be a mom now. It really does. You really do need all of those nine, 10 months that you hold this, this living human in your tummy to prepare. Mm-hmm. And so when I had my son, I was still looking for like somebody to tell me what to do almost like, Who's going to help me? Who's going to help me? And then I realized that this this was someone that that was sent to me because I am the best person for this child. That's why I am having this child and no one else is having this child. And I started um, believing that I had everything that this child needed and me and his dad to give him the best upbringing, not not financially to be able to buy him stuff and and do things, but to teach him, to groom him, to encourage him, to educate him so that he could grow up to be successful so that he would know what love is, so that he would um, have morals, so that he would have values. And that is really when I started transitioning into um, this is who I am. These are the things that I believe in. This is the way I want to live. 
And it's okay if you feel differently or you look differently at the way I do things or if you don't like the way I do things. I am not maliciously or intentionally harming, hurting anyone because of my beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I am going to raise, we're going to raise our son the way we want to raise our son. And now my son is 14 and he's a phenomenal child. Um, I, I, I would hear things like, oh, you give him too many options. You let him make too many decisions. I do. You know why? Because I want him to grow up to be a great decision maker. If I make all of his decisions from now to at least 20 and say, bye, what is he going to do when he leaves out of here? So having my son just really grew me a lot, but it also made me such a more, much more of a loving person. I think I was a little hard, just like as a defense mechanism, like not wanting to be hurt or not wanting to show emotions. But when I had my son, I'm like, you know, I never want to um, bring his self-esteem down. I always want, even when I get on him, even when he's in trouble, I want, I still talk to him with respect, but I get on his case, but I want him to know, like, you are a very smart individual, but this decision that you made was not your best one. Mm -hmm. What can you do differently here? So we have a great relationship, but having him taught me really how to love somebody really and how to how to treat people and how to really care and how to be vulnerable and show that side without feeling like I have to hurt you because I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. It just really changed my entire outlook. I would do it all over again, 10 times. Yeah. I I mean, I, I think, I think probably one of the best things that my mom did for me was that just like she respected who I was and as a person and like, like uh, my agency and my, like my intellect, I guess. Um, and so like, you know, I did not have uh, the greatest childhood, but that definitely um, I think uh, is something that still uh, like stays with me. And that is very huge. Um, I believe that we are all individuals and I tell my son all the time, I always want you to be comfortable being who you are. You don't have to be who anyone else thinks you should be. I am always going to love you regardless. Like we we actually we had a conversation when we were in California and he said I was talking to him about going to college and he goes, "Now, this is a straight A student." And he says, "I don't really know if I want to go to college." Now that was not what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. However, we live in a totally different world mm-hmm. than when I grew up. And who who am I to say that that is his only option for success? Mm-hmm. It's I would I love that it seems that education gives you this foundation. Um, and I know how hard it is to not have that college education, that degree and need it. But I told him this. Ultimately, it is your life. And if that is something you don't desire to do, you're in ninth grade, you have three years to prepare you a plan Mm -hmm. because when you are done with high school, you'll have to do something and you live a nice life. I am not going to continue to provide it for you. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have a plan, start planning. And when you're, when you are done with high school, 
If you have a plan, that is all for you. But if you don't, I am definitely going to encourage you to continue your education until you find a plan or you develop a plan that allows you to be successful. But if you don't have a plan, then you're just planning to fail. And I'm not going to set you up for that. But, you know, I want him to be comfortable being him. And I've never tried to make him the only thing. I've only got one one stipulate. He has to have children. Gotta steal children for you, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the only thing. That is it. That is it. I feel sorry. I'm ba- I feel sorry for him too. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry. I'm, and the crazy thing is I know a lot of great guys who are like 35 to 45 with no kids. Mm-hmm. And they have always wanted them. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So you know, I, I'm like, hey, be Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon has children all over the world. <laughs> Not mad at him. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, uh, tell tell me more. So, you, your your son is uh, is born. Um, mm-hmm. Like, where do you go from there? Oh my gosh. Okay, I became very overprotective. Like, I I don't know. I just wanted him like all to myself. Like, I didn't want anybody else to be able to control what I did with my son, meaning like my family, mm-hmm. me and his dad. But even with his dad, I'm like, yeah, you're his dad, but like, this is my son. <laughs> it, you, and you have to, as a mom, um, you just do have to learn to share. Yeah. <laughs> because for it's just all yours until it comes into the world. And then you're like, yeah, but it's still all mine. So, um, me and his dad, we we were, I think this is what happened when I look back. I think I was 100% dedicated and focused on the relationship I had with his father. And then when he was born, I don't know that I knew how to split myself between the two. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, well, hey, that's your problem that you got to go do this. I've got to, I've got this baby. Mm-hmm. And that was almost like my answer for everything. Like, oh, okay, you okay, yeah, you do okay, well, I'm gonna take care of the baby. And so I, I know he was like, Well, what it's like when we had our son, I think he almost lost a little part of me. Yeah. Not a lot of part of me, you know. And um he didn't know how to handle that. And I didn't realize that. And I wasn't trying to realize that. And so um it created like, you know, we we were just like not getting along. And when my son was like one, I was like, well, I'm going to just go home to to my mom. So I left and then we got back together again because it's so challenging to, especially when you are, when you have like this deep connection with someone, it's challenging to have a child involved and not still be emotionally connected to this person. Mm -hmm. Like I still didn't want to be with anybody else, but I, but I just wanted to do my, like, I just wanted to be independent Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to see him with anybody else. And he didn't want to see me with anybody else, but it was like, yeah, but I don't want you to tell me what to do. Like I'm going to leave so I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was, when, when he, when my son was three, Christian's father was incarcerated. And it really 
um, made me a single parent Mm -hmm. for real in real life. And so um, I grew up with a father who was incarcerated. And then I was also raised with my mother's mom, my maternal mother, grandmother. And she was very much like, I don't care about that man. That man don't have nothing to do with me. That man don't have nothing to do with you. You're not writing. You're not accepting calls. You're not visiting. Bye to that man. Mm-hmm. It was it was a challenge for me growing up like that and not being able to express how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. It was never a situation that I thought I would be in with my son or my family, period. And so um, because I was and the crazy part is he was held on questioning and then they just did not let him go. So it was so confusing because there was no expiration. And here I've got this this three year old who I'm like, I'm really a single parent out here, like for real. Um, I never wanted him to feel what I felt about my my dad's situation. So I just always and and I just always speak wonderful things about his dad because I know how much we love each other and love each other still to this day. So I always wanted my son to know that Um, I struggled a lot. Now, this is before I started my business. So I'm just working at the hospital, Mm -hmm. regular, you know, a job. And I was in, I almost lost my house. I'm really just struggling. I've got this little raggedy car. (laughs) Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) I'm just working. Um, I'm sent, I'm living in Detroit, but I'm actually sending my son to school in the suburbs because I want to, I want him to have the best education. Um, my family is supportive at this time. You know, they're, they're helping me. My son is just an amazing, he's an amazing kid, but he had to really grow up, um, like quickly, Hey, get those groceries out of the car, put this stuff away, turn the alarm off. He's like, four, he's five, he's doing these very mature things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it really made me grow and desire to have more. There were times where I was like, this is very hard. Like, and, and financially, yes, but when you are the only one, it, it's like, I'm the only one in the morning getting up, getting him dressed, getting breakfast, fixing his lunch, getting my clothes together, getting prepared for work, dropping him off at daycare, going to work, making it on time. Now he's sick, but I can't leave my job. Um, or what, now I've got to bring him to work with me. Um, then he's got a Christmas holiday program that is at three o'clock, but I don't get off of work until six. So can I get off of work? Maybe I can't. It was, it was a, it was a lot. It was so, it was such a challenge that I was like, I am not having any more kids Yeah, because I didn't like being a mom or I didn't like kids in my mind because I was a single parent. That was the only way I could see it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I never, I didn't have the help. So like doing it again, I'm like, uh, uh, because it's too hard. And so, um, he's five, his dad comes home. We try to work it out again, but it's, it, it was always so challenging because I have always wanted to be in the lead, like just 
I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. And and not so much as in the lead, but just in control of my own decisions without having to run it by anybody else. And that's not a partnership and it's not a relationship. And, you know, I was I wasn't trying to hear anything that he was saying. But when I look back at it, a lot of the times he was he he was his direction for us was way more of a family orientation than my me, 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 Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But we did. We worked it out for a little while. We were still in love. We were still parenting. Um, He's always respected me as a parent. I've always respected him as a parent, even though he had his situation going on. There was always calls, letters. There was always communication. There was always, what do you think we should do about this? I always, you know, um, considered his thoughts on on everything that went into raising our son. Um, And then we did not work again. And really, it was me. It it really was. I don't know. Something is really wrong with me. (laughs) So, um, So, okay, he's always been very much like you are my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone else to have access to you. Like you are mine. Mm-hmm. And he made it very clear. Like if he could, I would just be barefoot, pregnant and in the kitchen mm-hmm. all the time. And I was very adamant on. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. You cannot put me in a box. Mm-hmm. And it was he's. And as you know, I am a very social being. Yeah. I love friends. I love people. I love communicating. He's like, I don't want anybody having access to you. I want you to be just all mine. Mm -hmm. And that did not work for me. I'm like, but I'm going to have these friends and I want to and I want to get to know more people. And, And I think it was just our differences in personalities. I'm very extroverted. He's very introverted. Um, I'm very free and he's very like, no, like, yeah, not that free. You And I don't want you to be free. <laughs> so, um, that created a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misunderstandings. Um, so when my son was eight, um, he gets incarcerated again. Mm-hmm. Now here's the crazy part. They and all of this is like white collar shit, like um, fraud things, wire fraud, mortgage fraud. All of these are all. Um, and th- honestly, I don't even know because I've never been involved, so I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what happened was when he got picked up the first time, and it, they had him for questioning. They had him for two years. He beat the case. The case was dismissed. Never sentenced, never, n- never charged. Right. Well, never convicted. Mm-hmm. Case dismissed. But they kept everything that they took from him. When he came home, he was fighting to get all of his things back because he lost a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I want my things back. So when I decided, like, you know, um, we are not we're I'm not going to do this. I don't think we can do this. We're, uh, this isn't going to work. Um, he became very focused on getting his things back. He was he became very focused on that part of his life because 
I guess he felt like, well, my family, I can't, if I can't focus on my family, I've got to focus on this. So anyway, um, he became so obsessed with getting his things back. He got into it with, uh, them and they, and, and, and a bank, which is a federal bank. Um, they were like, we're just going to come pick you up. This was in 2015. He is still there. He has still not been convicted. He does not have an outdate. He is just being held by the system. And for a minute, I was just in, in limbo. Like, what does this mean? And it's very challenging for me, not the situation, but anytime he needs me, like I'm always there. So I immediately went to, oh my God, I got to, I got to be there for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just leave him out there like that. Um, because honestly, to this day, I do still love him. Um, we have a, we have a son together and mm-hmm. my son is amazing. And I feel bad that he's not a part of that. And so it just really drove me into, um, I have got to make this life for my son. I, I just have to do it. I can't, I can't rely on anybody to do it. I've got to figure this out. So by 2015, I had left my job. I had started my business. Him and I actually came up with the ideas together. Like when I was working, it was, I was on the phone with him saying, um, cause we were living together at the time. I'm like, you know, I got to figure this out. This job thing isn't working. And I was like, I should start a business. He's like, you should. And he encouraged me and he pushed me and he was like, you got it. You can do it. You, you know, more than anything, your craft and your skill, just do it. I believe in you. That was so amazing to hear because there were other people saying like, I don't know if you really want to do that. You're going to leave your job. That's nuts. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. You don't know what you're doing. But, you know, there were a lot of people discouraging me from leaving my job and pursuing my own business. And he was the one that was saying, you can do it. Do do it, Tiff, you know. So um, from that point, when when he went in in 2015, my business was actually doing good. And then I just went into overdrive. Like I, I can't take any losses. Me and my son have to have the life that I feel that we deserve. My life has always been such a challenge from growing up. My dad was locked up. My mom had to, she didn't, she wasn't raising me. I was raised by my grandparents. They wouldn't let me have relationships with my mom or my dad or my sister. Um, I lost my dad when I was 14. He died when I was 14. I never got to spend that time with him. Um, I'm so ready to leave my family. I go off to college. I've got a crazy life in Atlanta where I'm doing all kind of whatever. I come back here. Um, I meet my son's father. We have this child. I'm like ostracized from my family because they're like, what are you doing? You know, nobody has this control over anything that I'm doing. Then he gets locked up and I I still have this child that I'm trying to raise on my own, paying for daycare, no time for anything. Like there, I could, I don't think there was ever a time that I called anybody from the time my son was born to he got in elementary school. So he did daycare. I sent him to daycare when he was six weeks old. It was like, that was it. I'm like, I got to go to work. So he's been in school since he was six weeks. There was never a time where I called anybody and was like, hey, you got to get my kid. Like, that was just always me. 
So I always had to make the time to do everything that had to be done because I didn't want to ask anybody. And then people are just like, hey, that was that's your decision. That's your life. You know that that this is what you got to do now. You're a parent. And I never wanted anybody to be able to say she's not doing what she should do as a parent. Oh, she's depending on us. I've never wanted to depend on anybody for anything. So if that meant that somehow I had to be in two places at one time, I was going to find a way to be in two places at one time. So I was doing everything. And then I I just really do remember this moment. My son was in, um, he's in kindergarten and it, it, it's two times. One, he's in preschool. He's in pre-K. He's got a Christmas concert. I could not go. I had to work. They would not let me off of work. They're like, you can't go. But my, one of my good friends, her son went to school with my son. <clears throat> They're four years old at this time. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm glad I came. I'm here with Christian. He just keeps crying saying, where is my mom? I'm like, that is fucking terrible. Like I felt so bad about it. I was like, I have to figure out a way that I need to work somewhere or work some hours that I can be flexible. Like I need to be able to, to go and see my son. Like I never wanted him to look up crying for me. And I was not there. That was ultimately when I decided to start my business so that I could have the flexibility. Then when he was getting ready to graduate from kindergarten, I'm still working and I had a trip planned to Jamaica. And then I, so I requested time off for my Jamaica trip and my son's graduation. They were like, you can only get one. I'm like, what, what if I call off? They're like, you can only get one. So, and the trip to Jamaica was paid for, paid for flight arranged, everything. Um, I did not go to Jamaica. Like I, I cannot not be here for my son. So that was a whole mess, but went to my son's graduation, of course. So I said all that to say, like, it has always been a challenge for me. And all I, all I have, all I can remember thinking of in those times is when will my life get better? Like, when will things just be smooth for me? Like, why does everything in my life have to be so hard? What is going to occur in my future that I need to be this strong? Why do I have to learn all of these lessons? Why, who am I going to be that I am? I felt like I was in a training camp. Like, this is boot camp for me. Like, where am I going in life? And what am I going to have to face that life is preparing me to be as strong as I am. Why? And um, I came home to a foreclosure notice on my house and not even for a mortgage because my house was paid off because my grandmother, my father's mother left it for me, but it's taxes. You know how much we're talking about? Back then, it was the, it was the most craziest thing I could think of. And when I look at it now, I'm like, wow, to it was six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I almost lost my house for six thousand um, dollars, and I'm like, "What am I going to do?" I went out to the city. They put me on a payment plan. I, I got out of the jeopardy of losing it, but I'm like, I am freaking struggling. Every time there was a check deposited, my bank account was zero. Check deposit zero. After everything is paid, is zero. There's never anything left over. It's always zero. It is always zero. 
business. So then finally business takes off. I leave my job because I'm like, and I'll tell you, I didn't even just choose to leave my job. I had taken um, an antibiotic, which has sulfur in it. Did not know I was allergic to it. Ended up in the hospital for seven days. Christian's dad and Mama Pat took care of Christian those seven days I was in the hospital. But my job was calling me like crazy saying, we need you to come back to work. When are you coming back to work? We need you to come back to work. And I'm like, I got a whole kid that I'm not able to take care of. And you're talking about come back to work. Mm -hmm. I remember being hooked up to my IV in the shower, crying, saying, God, you have to do something like something has to change. This cannot continue to be the my life. Like I can't continue struggling, focusing on a job that I am not even surviving on. I'm just barely making it. This shit is hard. Like. You have to help me. You've got to open up a door. Something has to something has to shake. Do something because I need to do something else besides what I have been doing. It was that moment I decided I'm not going back to work. Mm -hmm. When I leave this hospital, I will knock on everybody's door if I have to to get some business before I go back to work and struggle the way I have been. I left. I left the job. I called him. I said, I'm not coming back. And that's exactly what I did. I focused on my business. Every single day I got up like I was going to work. I got up every single morning, took my son to school, jumped on the computer, Googled everything, made business cards, called doctors, called people. I just went crazy with what, what to do, what to do. That was April of 2014. By September of 2014, I had my first contract. And I got a deal with the, with the NFL, like drawing the Lions players here. And then I met Dan Gilbert. And then I just, it just, it just took off. I could have never been in that position had I been working for somebody every day. I would not have had the flexibility. I wouldn't have been able to do those things. I remember when they told me like, we need you here at 6 a.m. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm not working this job. So I started focusing on that. And then, um, Things just started turning around like they just really did. Things just started um, getting better. And by that was 2014. By 2015, I might have a little bit of savings, maybe like a thousand dollars. It was better than the zero that I was so used to seeing or the negative. And then by 2016, I actually have an accountant. <laughs> I'm like, can I afford to move? And he was like, you can definitely afford to move, Tiffany. You you know, don't be scared. Like when I stopped being scared and I stopped being afraid of failure and started believing that I could make it, then I started making lateral moves. Like, okay, I don't have, because I, I, I was really thinking like, well, I don't have a mortgage and that's why I'm able to make it. But I'm like, just just try to do something. Now, I'll go from no mortgage to paying twelve hundred dollars a month after having been able to pay nothing. Mm-hmm. I put my I rent my house out. I moved to Birmingham. I got more contracts coming in. Things just start getting better and better and better and better. And that's 2016. Then I don't know. 2020 hit. The contracts just went here. 2021, I'm on Big Brother and here I am talking to you. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, it's such an amazing story. I like, uh, I, seriously though, like, um, I, like I, I, I'm sure you do know, but like, uh, like that, that it's, it's inspiring to hear that, uh, you have so much, uh, it takes so much strength to be able to not only sort of, uh, uh, you know, survive those circumstances and get through them, but to be able to, uh, to do so while raising your son, uh, and, and the way that you were able to, um, you know, uh, like leaving your job and committing yourself to, to doing something, to getting into a better place, um, you know, and not just like breaking down. Um, like I know the amount of discipline it takes just to like, uh, with nobody like instructing you, like you needing to be somewhere, like how much discipline it takes to, to put your, you know, uh, get to the grindstone and start working on your own with no, with nobody there to, to, to make it happen. Um, and, uh, to do so under the, the those circumstances, uh, you know, is, is, is very impressive. And, uh, you know, you talk about like, uh, like you not want to be put in a box, like, um, like, uh, I, 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 I hope, you know, and I'm sure, you know, like that's not your fault. Like they, you are who you are. Uh, and, uh, and nobody should, nobody should put you in a box, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, I think, uh, a great quality of yours. And, um, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think really, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's emotional just like listening to, to you talk about this. I, I, I it's, you're very impressive. Oh, thank you. I, um, I think that is why I have the conversations and the love for people that I do, you know, when I got out of the house. people wanted me to have this disdain for other house guests Mm -hmm. because of um, the way they portrayed themselves in the house or some of their actions towards me. And I got a lot of, I've lost followers. And and I don't, that does, I I don't want to say that doesn't matter to me because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I can't be affected by someone not liking my decision to embrace someone Mm -hmm. um, who may be different than I am or who has maybe even somebody who has disrespected me. Somebody asked me, why are you so forgiving? How can you be this forgiving as if, you know, and I don't know if people, I, I, I don't know what people think and I can't waste my time on that as if I'm, 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 befriending people uh people love to use this term clout mm. i'm the i don't care nothing <laughs> about clout i'm mm-hmm. the last person who cares about that i always been okay <clears throat> i'm going to always be okay how i can be so forgiving is life has just been forgiving to me i've had so even though i in 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 what i just expressed to you it seems like maybe i gave a lot of credit to myself and I did not mention a lot of things, but in my life, there have been so many people who have helped me, who have been there for me. Um, In the times that my family was not there for me, that was because I left them. Mm -hmm. I would not let people be there for me. And sometimes when you are like that, people are like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to be there for you. But there are times when, and I'll and I'll tell you this: when I was living in Atlanta, <clears throat> um, 
I had a situation where I had to leave where I was living and I had nowhere to go. This guy that I was friends with, he says, my sister will let you come stay with her. I was like, your sister doesn't even know me. No, she will not. He was like, yes, yeah, she will. I was going to be homeless. And I said, call her and see if she will. I met this sister one time in a, at, a, at a party uh, and was like, oh, hi, you know, I'm his friend, blah, blah, blah. She was like, oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. That was it. She said, yeah, she she can come. She can come stay with me. Gave me her entire basement. This woman had a whole boyfriend and three kids. Now, let me tell you something. Ain't no woman letting no woman come live with her (laughs) and her man. You ain't coming to sleep up in here. (laughs) You got me all. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I love her. She's my god mom. Her kids are my babies too. Those are my sisters and brothers. I moved in with her. She charged me $100 a month to rent out her basement. I was always, always respectful, always respectful. Whatever she needed me to do, I was braiding her kids' hair. I was, I was washing the dishes. I was cleaning. She just, she was so kind. She loved me so much. We have such a wonderful relationship going from not knowing me to saying, yes, you can live here with my kids. She know, she know anything about me. She said, I had a feeling about you and I went and I trusted my, my gut feeling. She did not have to do that for me. And I will never forget that. So I am, I am always, I've got something that says start with yes. I am a yes person first. A lot of people are no. They love to say no. It's so hard for me to say no. It's very hard for me to say no if I can say yes. I am such a yes person. Um, and I don't know if it's because of that moment, but that is something that sticks with me that somebody who did not know me, had no connection to me, could have told me an easy no and it would have never affected them. Told me yes. And I will, I just always will help when I can. So when I came out, people were like, why are you so forgiving? Because people have forgiven me for for way bigger things that I have done or I've said or ways I've been. I've showed my behind plenty of times. I've been in I've been that person plenty of times. So for me, it's a lot easier for me to forgive because I know I have been forgiven. And that has been my promise to the universe. Um, Please allow me this and I will repay it back. So when people see me forgiving or being understanding or just giving, period, that is my way of paying back the things that have been afforded to me. I will never change that. No fan can make me change that. No loss of followers can make me change that. If that bothers somebody, I say it all the time. That's a YP, <laughs> not an MP. <laughs> Your problem, not my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just hope you know that like that response only made me admire you more uh, because you, you, the humility and the generosity uh, of of what you're saying. Um, and, and I think, you know, for me, um, it's, uh, it's all like whenever it's, whenever somebody's uncomfortable, when I, uh, say good things about them, it just makes me like them more. Um, so, 
I am interested. Um, you know, talk about saying saying yes. Uh, how do you manage? Um, how do you manage to do that without uh, w- without sort of exposing yourself to being taken advantage of and like being able to maintain proper boundaries? Oh, I don't know. And I I think that that's why my friends and my family are so overprotective of me. I think that's why they want to jump in and they they say all the time. I don't know how you still talk to them. I don't know how you still this person's friend, like not about anybody in the house, but just like previously, like mm-hmm. they're like, you still talk to them. I don't know why. You, um, I feel that nothing's going to happen to me. That's not supposed to happen. And everything that happens happens for a reason. And I will know when I am not supposed to do something. I do go with my gut. There are people who I'm not friends with or I don't communicate with that have done absolutely nothing to me. Just in my gut, I feel uneasy about those people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm, I I don't feel so I don't feel so comfortable with this. And they've done nothing. And I really have to pay attention to that because I am a person who just loves everybody. Mm -hmm. So if I get an uneasy feeling about a person, I go with it because I love everybody. I just. And so um, my uncle told me something. He said, people will use you. That is what we're here for. You people will use you. You use people. That's that's a normal thing that people will use you. You just don't let people misuse you. Mm -hmm. So I am okay with being used. It doesn't. What what is it? What is it hurting me? Mm -hmm. But I won't let you misuse me. Um, Somebody said something to me like, oh, She's just using you. He's just using you because they want you to help them. They think this will help them get on TV. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is that a bad like why is that a bad thing? It doesn't it doesn't hurt me. Um when I was doing my business, there was a girl in Ohio, she used to message me like, "How do I do this? How do I do that? Cuz I'm doing the same thing as you. How do I do this?" And I would share some things with her. People were like, "I wouldn't share anything. I wouldn't do that." Hey, what's for me is for me, me helping her. She can't come take anything from me. That is for me. If she comes and takes all the business that I have ever had, then it wasn't for me. I I just there's enough out here for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I can't if my hands are like this, how can I ever get what you are trying to give me? If I'm steadily holding on to everything that I have, all the information, all the knowledge, all the wealth, all the power, all the everything you're saying, but Tiff, I have something for you, but yeah, I can't get it right now. Cause I'm, I'm holding on to all of this stuff. So when I let go of some of this stuff, then maybe I'll come back. So I'm like this, let me, let me free this hand here. You guys can have that. Now, what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. So I just, I just am a giver. I just, I share, I give. I've been afforded so many things in life. People ask me, like, what's my favorite? What's my name of Christmas or what Christmas holiday do I is the most memorable for me? I was eight years old. My mother had just had my sister. Um, My sister was born December 8th. We're eight years apart. Um, I had nothing going on for Christmas. Not nothing. And my grandmother, my paternal grandmother was like, hey. Bring Tiffany over here for Christmas. Now, my maternal grandmother, Mama Pat, and my mom at this time were not even in communication. So if she wasn't in communication with her, she wasn't in communication with me. So I've got my paternal grandmother at this time. 
She's like, bring Tiffany over for Christmas. When I got to her house, now I'm her only grandchild. There's all of this stuff underneath the tree. My cousin, Sherry, I talk about her all the time. Her parents and my grandmother, they went, they got me. Now, I remember this because I just, I just was in love. I got a baby doll that came with a baby stroller. I got a kitchen set with all kind of food and stuff. I got some L.A. gear gym shoes that had three different laces, black, pink and white. I got so much, so just so many things that as a kid, it was just like, you know, it, it meant the world to me to go from knowing I was going to have nothing to my family came together and just made a holiday for me. Like people all of my life have tried to help me. What kind of person would I be to not be helpful? I don't, I am not that person. And I tell my son that all the time, like he's got so many things. And I just told him, I need you to pick out all of these things that you want to donate. You need to donate some of these things. It's the holiday. We need to give back to some kids. You need to Take all of this stuff that you don't want so we can donate. And we do it all the time. I don't know where these people come from that want me to be different, but nobody has been able to change me. So I just won't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, have you have you ever found yourself in situations that you've needed to uh, like that that you that you've been you feel like you have been misused and you need to like uh, like how how do you uh, push that away? Um, there's, there's one, there's a situation where I did, like I said, I had an uneasy feeling about a person. Like, I don't know your motives for really trying to be my friend. Like Mm -hmm. it felt a little, it was, it was uncomfortable. I always felt like something was coming. Like, Hey, can you co-sign for this? (laughs) You know, know, um, I, there, and like I said, I don't always have to have a reason, but if I get a feeling about something, I'm like, I I feel uneasy about this. Let me just, let me back out of this situation. I never let anybody get that into my business where I am in a position to be misused. Um, I don't go around saying what I have. Um, if you're close enough to me to come to my house and know where I live, I trust you. Mm-hmm. But um, I I am a giver of knowledge, but you can't use my name, though. Like the things that I've worked hard for that I've earned. Now, this is the one thing I really hate. I don't like for anybody to ask me for money. Mm-hmm. That is um, for me. It's like you must you have to be like in my top five. (laughs) You just do. You just do. And I know like I know the people that my 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 immediate family, my friends. Yes. But I'm this person. I probably know you need it before you ask me and I'm just going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. So you'll never even have to ask me. But if my close friends, family, they do, they know they've got it. But there's there have been people who have not even been as close. Like, you think I can borrow 300? What? (laughs) What about me says I have that? Like, I'm a single parent. How can you even ask me for anything? Like, why are you comfortable? What about me made you feel like I had that? Mm -hmm. So but but I have really just truly been blessed that I've not been in those situations. 
And I and I think my family is now even more overprotective because I am so exposed now. Mm. And they're like, you are just this person who will help people. I We don't want you to be out there like that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I will advise you on how to get your life together, but you can't get in my wallet. <laughs> well, I think I think that, uh, you know, bringing it back to where we started, I think that that is it's it's a good thing that you are now so much more um, confident in being you, right? Like, because you are more exposed and, but you also have um, the, uh, almost like the, the armor of just like who you are, right? Like, like you, you, you expose yourself to, uh, to being misused in, in the way that like you are so generous with other people, but, uh, but not in the way that that they can in that they can infiltrate your own sense of self, right? And that's the real the real danger, right? Yeah, and and that is and you're right. That's why I'm so comfortable being me. I know what I was built for. So when I go back in my life and I think of the things that I went through, and I was asking myself, why do why am I having to learn these lessons in such a hard way? Like, why does my life why why, why do I have to be so strong? Why do I have to be so smart? Why do I have to have all of these experiences? Like, what are you preparing me for this? I'm so comfortable and confident in being me because I know exactly who I am and I know exactly what I've been through. And I also know that I will never in life have to have it as hard as I had it before. Mm-hmm. I believe that I've, I've, I've lived through that already. I know that it just gets better and greater for me moving forward. So yeah, I'm comfortable being exposed because I have all of the armor I need to make it. And I will, and I will earn more and there will be more lessons. I'm not saying I got it all figured out, but I am comfortable in this space. I I know a lot of things in my 22 years. I've experienced a lot. So me getting I'm I'm more I'm more concerned about some company making me sign my name on a document that I did not fully understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was yeah. going to say like it's it's a good place to be here because you are now uh, again like so exposed. So um you know, again, like you haven't really settled back down yet. Like you haven't like figured out where you are, are going to be because there are so many different things in flux. And, and that definitely puts you, uh, especially with all meeting all kinds of new people and uh, like offers, I'm sure. And like, 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 uh, that's, that's, it's a dangerous place to be. So like the, the more confident you are in, uh, in yourself, the better probably. Yes. Um, so, uh, so that's where you are right now. Um, you know, uh, you said, um, when is the, you're in the summer, you're planning to come back to LA. Yes. So there may be something coming up for me, an opportunity, um, early part of next year, um, this coming year. Mm -hmm. And when my son is out of school, but, but okay. So after that, I still plan on traveling, like, I have a lot of love and respect for my hometown, but I want to see more of the world. I want to get out and travel and just have a little freedom, like do things that I have not been able to do with my time. 
So I definitely want to do that. When my son gets out of school in June, I have looked up Airbnbs in California, renting them on a monthly basis. And I found a few. Um, That is my plan. My plan is to be there for the summer, me and him just enjoying, just seeing how we acclimate to it, how we feel about it. I would love to just move wholeheartedly. But coming back from the show, um, I see how my son is thriving in his school. Mm. He is like, I moved him out here when he was eight and now he's 14. He has the same group of friends from when he was eight. They come to the house they pick him up. He's with their families. Like these families know him. I know these families. Um, they go walking downtown Birmingham. They're hanging out at night. They're they're riding their bikes. They're just living life. And I love that for him. Um, I was I'm a girl. And it, it, Mama Pat was like, no, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you you in this house. It better be like an after school program if you're going anywhere. But you're not spending the night at people's houses. You're, they're not spending the night over here. You can see them for a few hours. That's all a kid needs with another kid is a few hours and then come back home. I'm like, go have fun. You don't have siblings. It's just me and you here. Go have fun with your friends. Go tour the city. It's in Birmingham is just such a beautiful city. It's it's very affluent. It's it's and it's also very old and it has always been very affluent. There's and, and we're about less than a 10 mile radius all the way around. But everything you need is right here. And it's beautiful and he loves it and he's thriving in his school. So I'm like, do I pick him up and move him to California? But I am a person who goes with my gut. So let's say this happened. Let's say an opportunity of a lifetime. And it may not even have to be of a lifetime, but it can just be a great opportunity open in L.A. or California or somewhere. It's like, hey. If you move here, we can do these, 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 these things. Then I would know that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if there's nothing but my own desire, then I have to go with where the thrive is. If there's another opportunity that's like, hey, this is where you should be, then I'm there. Then I know. like, Because I just don't think that anything's going to enter my life that is not for me. Mm-hmm. Did he, did he like uh, LA when he was out there? Yes. And he would love to move too. Yeah. But I think about him being a teenager, starting a new school, having to get acclimated to a whole new state, different people. What if, what if he doesn't like it? And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I feel bad. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want that. I, I want, I'm, I know that at, at the minimum, I've got, I mean, well, at the maximum, I've got three years for him to finish high school. I better only have three. <laughs> You've got to finish school. And then, then I can move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't go to college and he's like, but I'm going with you. Yeah, you're going to sleep on the floor. I'm still living wherever I want to live. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I've got Mama Pat here, who I love with all of my heart, who has given me afforded me the opportunity to live such a nice life. She raised me in a very beautiful home. 
showed me everything extravagant that there was to show me. Um, Love me, loves my son. And I just realized like Mama Pat will be 80 in April, still drives a Jag, still buys Birkin bags. She is such a boss. Okay. (laughs) A whole boss. Um, it's just totally fancy, totally fabulous. But as much family as we have, I would never rely on anyone to take care of her but me. So unless she is like going with me, I feel I need to be here for her. Mm-hmm. And now I did have a talk with her, though, last week. And I said to her, listen, you already retired. You work because she's a teacher and she loves kids. And that's probably where I get my passion just for people. She doesn't think she likes all people. She thinks she only likes kids. She likes all people. Just (laughs) adults are a little less harder to control. Uh I'm like, listen, they got you working from home. That's not your thing. You don't want to sit at home. You work because you get to go out, get dressed, interact. You know, she's fancy as hell. So she gets to go and be fabulous and in front of people. But now you're sitting at your kitchen table teaching that's not what you want to do retire say bye to those kids let's go can you not just see us waking up opening the sliding door the sun's beaming on the sand there's water out there it's me and you and our lounge chairs we drinking bloody marys we got our books you can bring your books bring Nora roberts with us and we just out here don't you want to do that And I saw her face and she was like, that does sound nice. Let's go. (laughs) It's nice out here. Let's go. So I'm selling her. I'm I'm playing big brother with my dad. (laughs) Building an alliance. Final two, baby. Mm. Me and her and and Christian in the final three. But Christian is going to leave us and go build him a family. Me and Mama Pat in the final two. Let's go. Sounds good. Um, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's amazing. And and, um, and I think that like, uh, you know, like it sounds like you are, you know, despite being in this very nebulous place, still, you know, still trying to to remain grounded and focus on like uh, like what's important. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think that it, it sounds like it, I mean, I'm amazed that you, you even have, you know, any of that, uh, that stuff like uh, already like thought about and talked about and processed considering all of the other stuff you're doing right now. Yeah. It, I, my mind is, I'm telling you, there's always a gazillion things going on in my head at one time. I sit back when people ask me like, how did you start your business? I don't know. I look back at everything that is set up. Like once I set it all up, I, I did not have to go back and touch it, but I, I, w- I look at things that I did. And honestly, I go, how did you do that? Like, (laughs) how did you know to do that? And I'm telling you, if I feel like a different person in Mm -hmm. in that moment, like, I don't know. I went crazy with getting to this point, Mm -hmm. even even with Big Brother. I, I wrote it in my journal in 2020 that I was going on Big Brother. I said, I am applying. I am going. I will win. I am manifesting my journey. I am going on Big Brother. And I never believed anything different. I think 
the power of belief is underestimated. You just really do have to believe that these things you desire will happen and not put a time frame on it because mm-hmm. time is irrelevant. And then we can discourage our own selves with the time frame. Just focus on the journey. You'll get there. Yeah. When did uh, when did Big Brother sort of like uh, become that for you, like a, like a dream to, to go on? So I started watching, I think I started watching 2010 or 2011, something like that. And my son was still very young. I think he's like five. I'm like, this is dope. Like, I could do this. I know I could do this. Like, oh, get in there and just be friends with a bunch of people and try to get them to do things I want them to do. It sounds like me. It's like, it's not named Big Brother. It's like Big Tiff. You know? <laughs> I was like, I think I could do this. I really wanted, I say subconsciously, I started preparing myself then. I don't think I had, I started preparing myself, meaning like not me, but my son. I got to leave you for 90 days. How do I get him comfortable enough and me comfortable enough to leave him for 90 days? And I knew like when he was six, seven, I'm like, I can't, that's too young. I'm, I don't think I can do that. Let me just, I don't know. but. Um, now 20, between 2015 and 2018, I was so focused on my business. Um, season, season 20, I didn't even watch. I was so focused on work that I did not even watch season. So that's the first season I didn't watch as it was airing. Um, season 21, I got back, I got, I started watching and, but I will say this. When I saw Swaggy on season 20, I was like, are they letting like real black people on here? Like, hold on. Hold on. Because and what I mean by that is. I felt that TV, you needed to be this person. You needed Mm -hmm. to be able to portray this image, you know, like they only let certain type of people come on here. Right. And so. Um, I watched season 21 and then I went back and watched season 20. So when I watched season 20, um, I was like, oh, they, they letting real, like, this is a real person. Like I identified with Swaggy more than I had any other player Mm -hmm. because he's like, Hey, I grew up different. Like my family was like this. I, you know, he had struggles. He had at real life issues. And he was so himself. He was on there talking like, I don't give whatever. Let me do. I was like, oh, hmm, I might be able to get on here. <laughs> there, it, It's opening up. I felt like it was like models or actors or socialites or whatever that that they were taking on the show. And I was like, well, let me see. I like Swaggy. I like that he was authentic and comfortable enough to be himself. And I felt that we shared a lot of the same struggles growing up and he was comfortable enough to share his story. And they allowed that. I was like, maybe I can do this. Maybe they will take me. Not I can do it. I was always comfortable and confident that I could do it. But would they accept me? Would I be accepted as a candidate? So after I saw him, I was like, I'm going to apply. But applying, honestly, was so intimidating. Oh, you got to create this video. If you don't create this video, you got to come to a casting call. And the application process 
was what deterred me. It seemed so intimidating. I was like, I don't know how to shoot a video. I don't know what to say. I don't know about that, whatever, whatever. So I filmed a video actually. And it was just me talking and I was like, they never going to see this, whatever. So it was not, I wasn't serious about it because I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. So that was probably 2019, 2020. I was like, okay, I'm doing it this year. This is before COVID was even a thing. It's February. They're 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 like, hey, casting is open. Apply. I'm like, you know what? They're doing open calls. I booked me a trip to go to Philly. I'm like, I'm going to do an open call. I'm just going to go. I'm a wing it, whatever. I'm doing it this time. This year I'm applying and I'm going to be serious about it. Then COVID hit, shut down, open calls, got to do a video. I'm like, Mm -hmm. am I going to do a video? I hate doing a video. I read Dan Giesling's How to Get Casted on reality TV. I took that thing so seriously. I took that guide so seriously. I did it three times. I read it. I did the outline. I did the guide. I did every freaking thing he said to do to prepare for that video until I was confident. I was like, this is it. This is my meat. This is my intro. This is who I am. These are my stories. This is my why. And I put my video together. Guess who filmed my video? My son. Mm -hmm. Christian filmed my whole video. Got my little edits. I came home. I sat down on iMovie. I put all my little clips in. I dropped the little photos in as I was telling my story. Like, my family is crazy. You got my family and you got them looking crazy. I'm crazy, too. You got me. You got me looking crazy. So, So I was so I was so ready in that moment. I just I sent it and I was like, they're going to call me. I'm going. I don't care what they say. I'm going. I did not get a call in 2020. But when it aired, I saw it was all stars. I was like, good. All stars. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Cool. They didn't call anybody. Fine. And it was like January of 2021. I'm like, you know what? Around this time last year, I was thinking about Big Brother. And I actually pulled out, I've got, I printed Dan's book on yellow paper. So I pulled out all of this yellow paper and I'm like, am I going to do this again? And I, and then I was like, am I going to throw this stuff away? And I was like, I I don't know if I'm going to do it again. That was probably like three days. That thought was like three days before my phone rang and they're like, Hey, this is big brother. I'm like, what? It's who? No, it's not. Are you serious? You're serious. And after that, I knew that there was such a process. They told me like, this is the process. You'll end. This is the call. Then you'll audition. Then you or you'll interview. Then you'll interview again. Then you'll zoom. Then you'll zoom with this person. Then you got to meet these people. Then these people. Then these people. Then you're doing this. And I'm like, they're like, so if you make it through all of those things, you make it. I was like this. When y'all come to get me? Because <laughs> I ain't taking no for an answer. I don't. If you call me, that's all I need. I'm never, ever going to let you forget about me. The fact that you saw my video and you called me, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care who I got to talk to. I don't care if I got to talk to the president. I don't care which president. I'm talking to Trump. I'm talking to Obama. I'm talking to the new president. I've been locked up in the house. I don't even know what the new president's name is. I'm talking (laughs) to everybody. 
I don't care what it is. What do I have to do? They called me. Do you know how many people they had to look at to call me? I never one time thought I wasn't going. I started packing my bag. I started working out. I started doing everything. I am a person who believes in perpetual motion. And that ball for Big Brother started rolling for real in 2020. And it started rolling and it started rolling. And then they called me. That ball is not about to just stop and start rolling back the other direction. I'm like, no, y'all called me. Now it's really rolling. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm gone. And that's just how I look at things. That's why I'm probably not worried about what's going to happen, even though I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm living in this purgatory like. What am I doing? I'm not worried about it because I'm a person that when I don't know what to do, I do nothing. And I don't know if that's really good or not, but I'm not going to force anything and I'm not going to rush anything. But I know that I know that it'll come to me. I'll feel it. Something will happen. I will be right where I'm supposed to be. And then something will happen to let me know that this is what I'm supposed to do now. So I'm just I'm just waiting. Yeah. Just waiting. I got a lot of things I want to do. Everybody keeps telling me to do a podcast, do a podcast. Now, I bought everything to do a podcast. I've got all the software on my computer. I've ordered all the subscriptions. I've, I got all of this stuff. I'm like, I'm going to do this podcast. I should definitely be talking to people and telling some stories and answering some questions. I just can't move. Like, I don't, um, I don't know. I'm stuck a little bit. Like I feel that I am on the right track, but I don't know if that's it. Like mm. I would love, I, I actually would love to do a podcast, but I don't know why I, I am not like burning with a fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I mean, this, uh, this is my life, right? Like, uh, like I, I, um, I, I find myself in a situation all the time where um, especially in the off season of Big Brother, where it's like, okay, now you're on your own. Like now, uh, you know, the the, the you got to find something to 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 do, right? Um, and I often feel like I want to be doing things. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I would love to do this. Um, and then when I go to do it, I'm like, oh, well, what does this actually look like? And like, what is what is it like? Do I really feel the same way about it? And then I have found that like if I try to force something, um, it never works. It's, it always, it has to, you have to have that like burning, like just desire to do it. Um, and so, uh, so I think, I think you're right. Like, I think you, I mean, I, I, you, you do have to like, you have to put in work to find what it is. Um, and you sometimes, for me, at least I have to try a bunch of things, uh, before I'm like, Oh, this feels great. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, um, it is work to find it, but like, but you do have to have that just like burning, just like, this is, this is it. And, and I'm, I'm loving doing this. And when you are loving doing it, like that's when, like, uh, that's when people respond to it. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think you just have to find, uh, what it is. Yes. And I, I am still here for doing like a podcast. I think I have to find the platform that yeah. works for me like, um, I, I really just do love the live audiences. So I will do lives on Instagram because I like the interacting. I mm-hmm. like interacting. Um, I don't know if I could just sit and talk 
to myself and I don't know, like, but then I would love, okay. So then there's like, okay, you can have a guest or a call host, but then I don't want to intrude on anybody else's time. And I don't know. I am so trying to figure this out. I really am trying to figure it out. Well, Hey, I, uh, if you ever want to chat with me about ideas or, uh, or anything like that, then, uh, I am open. Um, because uh, I mean, I, not that I would be able to give you that much insight, but I, we're probably both struggling with similar things. So that would be fun. Not the podcaster. I know not the Taryn. You listen, Twitter loves you. He is the man. He is the podcast king. It's uh, so, some people are very kind. I'm sure not all of Twitter loves me. Uh, I, I, I get my I my share. People. I don't know those people who don't. I appreciate that. Oh man. Well, this has been awesome. Um, it's, uh, it's always such a pleasure to talk. I feel like, uh, like I don't even know where the time uh, has gone. I feel like, I know. Uh, and, it, and you got some very exclusive information from me. Only uh, you could pull out that information. Those are things I told you today. I've not spoken publicly to anybody. So that just shows how much of a relationship that we have, how much I trust and respect you and your platform, how comfortable I am speaking to you and how successful I want you to be in um, what you put out for me <laughs> no, in all of your in all of your endeavors. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, this is this is really like uh, like I love Big Brother, but I really you know, uh, I, I started this interview podcast like four years ago um, and I did it for a year and then kind of like got burned down on it because I was doing it every week. But uh, but it, it, it's it's been you know, I've recorded a few of these now and, and it's been so it's been so nice to like have it back. And it's because it provides me with the opportunity to talk to people like you um, and uh, and have these conversations uh, and, um, and, you know, it really, I like, I, it's, it's a, the dumbest name. I called it the Terran show because I can't name things. Um, but it's, it's the most ironic name because it really, really, it relies entirely on the people that I have on. Um, and so I, I'm very appreciative of, of you for uh, giving me your time. And, uh, I think this was, uh, this was really great. Thank you for having me. I really always enjoy talking to you. Well, uh, let's do it some more. Um, but for now, uh, this is the end of the podcast. Uh, Tiffany, where can people, uh, where can people find you if they want to look up whatever it is that you, you find for yourself? So I am very active on Twitter. Follow me at absolutely Tiff. And I am also active on Instagram at absolutely gorgeous 100. Who came up with that? <laughs> um, I do have a TikTok at absolutely underscore Tiff. And hopefully there are more things to come for me. All right. Well, uh, thank you again. Thank you. I do appreciate it. And I hope that you and your family and your loved ones have a safe and healthy and happy holiday. Same for you. Thank you. And there you go. That was Tiffany. It was amazing getting the chance to talk to her about about herself, about her life. It was incredible. And I hope all of you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of the wonderful support in the return of the Terran show here. 
Uh, we've gotten some great feedback on the awesome new music by Will from America, updating the Terran Show theme. And it's so cool that people are excited that it's back. So I will be back again next week with my good friend, Kemi from Big Brother 21. We just ended up chatting away. So I hope you enjoy that one as well. Here's a quick little clip from that interview. But in my mind, I'm thinking I was that young once. (laughs) I remember I remember what I had when I thought the world. Oh, my God. Thanks again for joining me here. If you have not checked it out already, I have a new YouTube channel talking about fantasy, books, TV shows, whatever, sci-fi works too. Check it out. It's called Terran's Quest. Uh, if you want to uh, see what I'm doing over there, you can also, of course, find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Terran Armstrong. Hanging out there if you want to ask me some questions or on Twitter at Armstrong Terran, where I tweet out everything that I'm doing. I'm also finally maybe posting some things on Instagram. Maybe we'll see how long that lasts, but I appreciate all of you and... I'll see everyone next time. It's the Terran Show. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.